It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Hello and welcome to another edition of Make the Dough Rise. Walter Storholt here alongside Brian Doe, and we've got a great podcast on the way today. Brian, what's going on with you this week? How are you, sir? Oh, we are sweating out the Georgia summer heat. It will not end here. It's been about 100 (laughs) degrees every week and every day. Uh, You know it's too hot when it's too hot to go to the pool. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's well too hot to go to the pool. There's never, I've never heard of such a thing. Actually, that's not true. We were in Florida one time, and we were renting a house that had a pool, but I think it was only about four and a half feet deep, and it was in August, and it was hotter than bath water. So, yeah, I, I have been in one situation where it was hotter, too hot for even getting in the pool. It wasn't even pleasant. There was no cooling off happening there. Yeah, it doesn't sound plausible, but uh, we've reached that point here. So Yeah, that's too bad, and, and, and too hot for the pool, too hot for making pizza as well. Well, we've had the house on the market, so we're trying to get that sold, and along with that comes keeping the place in show condition, perfection all the time, and so the pizza oven has been mostly shut down for the summer. We haven't had a chance to make the mess and pull everything out to do that, so... Uh, we're a little short on pizza these days. Well, that's too bad, but we know that that's only temporary, and you'll be back up and running before long, which is very good news. And we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to a great conversation today that'll involve a little bit of talk about pizza. We're going to talk about five twenty nine plans and what's really the story, what's really the opportunity behind five twenty nine plans. And when Brian sent me today's topic, he said, and we ended up making this the headline of the show: five twenty nines are like good wine. And uh, I look forward to uh, hearing you draw that comparison on today's show, Brian. So set this up for us. Why 529 plans? Why do you want to tackle that topic? I'm guessing it's something you must hear from clients about a lot. I get it from clients and I get it both clients with children and I get it from grandparents who are well-intentioned about wanting to help fund their grandchildren's college education. Yeah, it's a common topic. There's a lot out there about the topic, and it's easy to get excited about what sounds like a good program and getting good tax treatment, possibly some ta- a little bit of tax deductions, tax-deferred growth. And again, you know, like most things, what could possibly you know go wrong with that? And the, the answer is several things. We're going to dive into that conversation today, but I know that you wanted to touch uh, a little bit to get things started about uh, how good, you know good wine goes really well with good pizza. And although the pizza machine is, uh, so to speak, isn't up and running at the moment, that doesn't mean we can't draw some more parallels there. Well, so you know, I got to thinking about with this shortage of pizza, we've also uh, had a, a shortage of what goes well with pizza. And that is good red wine. And when you think you, about you it, you can't just have it on its own. You've got to pair it with the pizza. It's you just you just have it that ingrained into your lifestyle at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it's mutually exclusive that you <laughs> that you have to have them together. You you can have one without the other, but uh, together, you know, properly paired in the right mix, it makes for an elevated experience. How about that? It's like a good band. They just they try to do their solo acts, but it's just not as good as when the band's together. Correct, correct. Yeah, so the yeah, you know, obviously I'm I'm no wine connoisseur, but you know, when you get pairings with different cheeses and meats and different, you know, types of wine, if you're into that type of thing, that's it makes for a great, you know, meal and culinary combination, if you will. So done correctly, you know, it, it enhances the experience. It's it can be fun. And uh, a very, very enjoyable outcome uh, for the whole thing. But we all know that if you have too much wine and you overindulge, you will pay a price. 
This is especially true for me because wine triggers migraines for me. And so I have to be very, very careful if I sip on or, or have a wine or, or even beer or any kind of alcohol. It's an especially high price for me. And I've had some good luck with that lately, and I can, I can share more on that, that news later. Suffice it to say that when we have our parties, some people are able to enjoy a little bit more than me, but I have to be very, very careful about overindulging. We all have our uh, our limits and uh, limitations uh, sometimes when it comes to these things and, and the indulgences. And uh, yeah, and sometimes us have to be a little bit more careful than others when it comes to, you know, indulging. For me, it's not so much uh, the alcohol concern. It, it's the pizza. You know, I, I just would go too heavy into the pizza side of things <laughs> right, and overindulge right. there and have many consequences later on. Right? So yeah, or you, you, you know. can overindulge on both. Both. It's entirely exactly. possible. Exactly. Well, I guess there's probably some parallels here between overindulging on uh, good wine and good pizza and maybe working with 529 plans. Let's make then and bridge the gap to that conversation. And what's been the you know point of contention with you and clients in this conversation about 529s over the year? Well, the point of contention is, is that you've got these different account types. And I really, you know, I truly understand the people's concern that they want to have enough money for college. Obviously, college cost and tuition, rising tuition cost, student loan debt, all of these have been big topics in the news. And I think that leaves a lot of you know people worried about, you know, they don't want to burden their children with debt. They want to be able to afford a good school. They want to maximize the experience when they go to college. And that's great. I, I appreciate all the, the well-intentioned concern about having enough resources to do that. And you want to be adequately funded for college. And if you're trying to help out a grandchild, if you want to avoid some gift taxes, I I understand that. Tax-deferred growth, an excellent advantage of of a 529 plan. And then, of course, if you're using it for qualified expenses, well, then you get tax-free withdrawals. I can't argue with any of that. But when you look at the increasing landscape of account types, 529 plans, health savings accounts, 401ks, and then back to education, the Coverdell savings plans, IRAs, regular brokerage, cash value life insurance, each one of these comes with its own tax structure, rules for withdrawals, whether that be age, timing, the types of expenses that you can use those funds for. And this brings me back to the 529s is is there's a a very limited list of qualified expenses that you can actually use that money for. So people roll this whole college number up into one big budget and think that they can hammer that one nail with a single hammer of a 529 plan. When in reality, you're going to actually need a combination of 529 and and potentially other assets. And the big issue is, is the government can change the rules with the stroke of a pen and what you thought you were going to be able to use this account for, well, now they've changed the rules and you can't use it for that type of expense. Yeah, that'll uh, that, that'll draw frustration probably from even the most calm folks if you put together this great plan and this thought process to pay for college, and then boom, the rug gets swept out from underneath you. So we have this overall problem: want to pay for school, 
how do we do it? And I guess we kind of have two audiences here, and the advice and the guidance might be a little bit different depending on the person. Of course, it's going to be dependent on the person, but uh, in particular, these two groups. So some of it's parents wanting to pay for their children. Maybe they're you know getting close to retirement themselves, but they've also got kids about to enter into some sort of schooling mm-hmm. uh, and, and need that help. And then also the grandparents' side of things, too. Is it different advice from kind of a great measure between those two? So the answer is yes. For the parents wanting to fund their children's college, well, as they hit the teenage years, they get worried that they don't have enough in the 529 plans to cover college. Well, the whole advantage of a tax-deferred growth and then tax-free withdrawal account is to give the assets time to grow. You need that growth in there to make it advantageous. So my advice to people who have teenage children who are you know maybe just a few years away from college, well, it's too late. There's no point in putting funds into this account with a restrictive tax regulation around it when in three or four years you're going to be pulling that money out anyway. And we don't know what the market's going to do in shorter time periods. So you, you add an element of you may or may not have any growth in the assets. You may actually have a decline in the assets. And it will, it will ultimately defeat the purpose of the whole plan. So do it early or don't do it at all, is my advice to parents. For grandparents, the big issue is gift taxes. You're only allowed to give a certain amount of money per year to any one child. And that number keeps changing every year. So you know, obviously check with your current laws. But you're allowed to combine five years worth of gifting into a 529 contribution for a grandchild. So it gives you a big lump sum that you can put into a 529 plan and not have to worry about gift taxes, gift tax filings, and all of those things. So that's a great benefit. And again, if you can do it early and you're actually looking to part with fifty or $100,000 or whatever, whatever the number is, good position to be in for sure. But the same rules apply. If you're looking to avoid gift taxes, you can actually do that as a grandparent by just paying the tuition directly to the college. And a lot of people don't know this. If you give the funds to the child and you exceed the gift tax amount, then you run afoul of all the uh, gift tax filing and exclusion numbers. But if you write a check directly to the college, you accomplish the same thing. You, You can pay the tuition directly. Yeah, you write to the college. This is also true of healthcare expenses, and you're able to effectively give the child the funds they need for college, but you retain control of the assets until you actually pay directly to the college. So you can actually get to the same place with a different strategy and not encumber yourself with all the withdrawal restrictions of a 529 plan. So ultimately, I I dislike the inflexibility associated with these 529 plans. And honestly, just two weeks ago, my father was sitting down and he wanted to uh, do some funding for my children's college. And I was trying to explain a lot of these very topics to him. And my big concern is around all of the uncertainty about what college costs will actually be. And this is a fair point. This is really something that you have to talk about with a serious eye about what's likely, what's possible, what you want for your children, because there's in-state 
and out-of-state tuition. There's private schools. There's some fine private colleges out there, and some parents want that experience for their children, And in which case the tuition is typically higher. I know here in Georgia, we have a HOPE scholarship program where if you go to one of the state schools, a lot of your tuition and you know, books and associated expenses are covered by a state-run program that's funded by the lottery. So you are literally looking at a spectrum of if my children go to a state college on the HOPE scholarship, if they get any academic, or maybe if your children are athletically inclined, getting athletic scholarships, your tuition room and board cost may be significantly lower than you thought. Well, those are the expenses that are covered by a 529 plan. Cars, computers, and of course, spring break and Cozumel, the three C's, are not qualified expenses. So you may think you have this money in a 529 plan with all of these tax advantages, but you have a lot of expenses getting around, entertainment, eating out. None of that is covered as a qualified expense from a 529 plan. And here's the thing. Those rules change. During the financial crisis, they wanted stimulus. So they allowed computers to be a qualified expense for 529 plans. Well, then once the economy got humming along again, they came back and they changed the rules. So again, it's very hard to plan and know exactly what you're going to need in a 529 plan. So ultimately, my advice comes down to look at what in-state public tuition room and board would be for your child. And if you fund that, if they go out of state, well, maybe your expenses are a little bit higher. If they stay in-state and get a HOPE scholarship or if they get scholarships, you've not grossly overfunded these accounts. So again, it goes back to the red wine, a little bit of moderation, enjoy it, have, a, have an appropriate amount, just don't overdo it. So you've got this solution that has tried to be presented to people in the 529 plan to help try and, you know, make it easier to pay for college. That sounds to me like what part of the problem is, like you talking to your dad. Hey, I want to help the kids pay for college. It seems just like this should be a very simple conversation. Here's much I'd like to help with. Boom job is done. But then it gets complicated with all these other moving parts and all these other problems that you've identified. So the 529 plan, I guess, tries to solve that problem by being sort of specifically for helping people pay for college. But yet that comes with all of its own detriments and problems and issues, again, that you've kind of outlined a little bit here. Well, and, so that, that, that leads you to have to problem solve in these creative ways. My solution was that if you fund one 529 plan, you can change the beneficiary. So if you have multiple children, I've got three girls, I could heavily fund one 529 account, but change the beneficiary as the different children need funds for college. And so I said, well, if you want to give some money for college, let's just dump it into a 529 plan. And when we need the money, we'll pull it out. Well, he was very concerned about fairness. He wanted each one to know they were getting an equal amount. And the dollar amount we were talking about wasn't huge. And I the cost of college was going to dwarf what we were talking about. But yet he wanted, he was asking, well, how's one going to know they got their fair share? And, you know, of course, that's a good problem to have. But when it comes to funding college and opening up, again, you're adding to the complexity by opening up all of these different accounts. If each child has a 529 plan, each child has a custodial account, each child has a savings account, then you've got the same thing with all your IRAs, your Roth, your brokerage. I just think you're adding a tremendous amount of complexity 
Okay, so let's, let's go back to the 529 plan advantage of tax deferral and tax-free withdrawals. Well, if you buy and hold a diversified index fund or ETF, as long as you don't sell it, you effectively have tax deferral. So again, one of the big benefits that you can get from a 529 plan, I can actually achieve by just buying and holding a proper exchange-traded fund. Now, you're not going to get tax-free withdrawal on that. The growth of it would be taxed as long-term capital gains. But again, that's a more advantageous tax rate than income. That's actually a lower tax rate. So you've got tax deferral, and then if you actually have to sell it, but you are in control over where that money goes. So again, a nice mix of 529 plan and a little bit of a a brokerage account and some exchange-traded funds gives you the flexibility when the time comes. And that there's that nice pairing that we're talking about. You get maximum control. You get most of the benefit. And again, if you're trying to avoid gift taxes, let the grandparents pay directly to the college. I can get you the advantages without having to subject yourself to the restrictions of a 529 plan. Those being that if you don't use the funds for college qualified expenses and you withdraw the money, you now owe tax on the gain and a 10% penalty. So it's not only tax as income and a 10% penalty, whereas a regular brokerage account, exchange-traded fund investment would have been taxed as long-term capital gains, no penalty. So it's just a balancing of the pros and cons, making sure you know and understand the advantages of both, putting a bunch of money into a 529 plan for a grandchild or grandchildren. It's a great gesture. It's the right intent, but I just caution people about overindulging. So many little uh, things to consider there, but it sounds like there are solutions that give you a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more control. And uh, all the conversations we seem to have, Brian, kind of all come back to that, don't they? Maintaining control, a level of control that you're comfortable with, with your investments, with your dollars, with your strategies, and, and with your plan. And people have different levels of comfort depending on how much control they do or don't have. Well, and maybe I'm a bit of a control freak, but I just like to be able to flex and adapt when the time comes. I don't want to be locked in to a specific plan of action. And, and some of these prepaid tuition programs are great, but they'll lock you into a specific school or a specific state. And we just don't know what our kids are going to decide. So it's best to have the field open so that they can they can have choices. And, and for that matter, going back to the 529 plans, You've got a limited investment menu in in a lot of these plans. Many of them have performed poorly. You don't have control over expenses. I could go on about pros and cons. End of the day, I would like to make people aware that 529s are not the holy grail. They're not a cure-all for college funding. They're a tool. They should be used at an appropriate level and not looked at as a total solution for college funding. If somebody doesn't want to wait to the next podcast to get more great information like this, uh, not just the 529 plans, but broader financial and retirement planning topics as well, Brian, what's a good resource for them to tap into? So if you're listening today and you want information on the 529 plan, there is a direct link from our MakeTheDoughRise.com website. If you're listening to this episode there in the individual show notes, there's a link to request a copy of our book, Diffuse, or get directly on my calendar for a 15-minute call. 
be happy to discuss the issues and see if we can help you further with them or find out if a 529 plan is right for you. Again, that's on MakeTheDoughRise.com. That's your central hub for all things related to the podcast and Brian Doe. Listen to past episodes of the show, get the book, and you can also schedule a time to talk directly with Brian and the team. Just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com. That's MakeTheDoughRise.com, and everything you need to know, you can find there. You can also give a call directly to Brian if you prefer to do it the old-fashioned way. 706-451-9800 is the number to call. That's 706-451-9800, your number to dial in to reach Brian and talk a little bit about what's going on in your financial life, some of the questions that you might have, like maybe the 529 plan or something going on in your financial life that you need some assistance with. Brian's there to help. 706-451-9800 or makethedoughrise.com. Brian, appreciate the help on today's show. Hope you get the pizza oven back up and running soon so you can pair some good wine to go with it. Happy to share, and I'm looking forward (laughs) to getting it back into function. Get the band back together once Mm -hmm. again. We've got another great podcast on tap for the next time around, by the way. A little fun preview for you. Have you been following uh, over the past several weeks? We've seen in the news quite a bit, uh, you know, the, the Saudi oil issues and crisis and uh, attacks that have gone on and the problems that have come out of that. We're going to talk about that on the show, the financial implications, take a little bit of a look at what's happening in the news and how it might relate to your financial life. We're going to talk about that next time on Make the Doe Rise. So be sure to come back and join us for that next episode. For Brian Doe, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you soon here back on Make the Doe Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.